doesn't make sense, right? We try so hard from young ages to teach and to make sure that we understand every little piece, but we'll never be able to explain the love of God. We'll never be able to fully understand how God operates and works. It just doesn't make sense. But he told us to remember. You guys remember some thing that God told us to remember? Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Why? For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth. And what? And all that in them is. He commanded us not to work. He commanded us to do these things. He said, remember creation. What else did he tell us to remember? What he did with the disciples before he left, remember salvation, right? Remember creation, remember salvation, remember that he's coming soon. Remember is something that we need to do from time to time. Every generation has had something to remember. I mean, 20 years ago, something happened that I still remember. How many of you here today remember what happened 20 years ago? Yeah, some of you remember. It was a very important month for me because I was 21 years old and I was only 19 days away from marrying the woman of my dreams. When I remember I was there in my father's shop and all of a sudden I see a plane crashing into a building. It just didn't make sense. All of a sudden, everything changed all around us, and it began to spur into motion things that would lead us to this very day. And we're about to do something that is going to move in a powerful way upon the hearts of people. We're going to help them to remember that there's hope in the time of this crazy mess that we're living in, right? We're going to inspire them with the word of God. We're going to inspire them that God foresaw their very day and that he has a plan. And that one day there'll be no more suffering and pain and people dying and blood being shed. But there's a day where there'll be no more war. Amen? But I want to turn your attention to something that just doesn't make sense in your Bibles. Go with me to Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 25, and we're going to try to quickly read 1 through 7. Leviticus 25, 1 through 7. You know, if things weren't, were always working the way they were supposed to, we would know that we weren't doing what was right. I think the devil's afraid, right? He's afraid of core. He's afraid of you. You might be feeling a little timid and afraid as this is your first time that you're going to be doing these things, but the devil, I want you to know today, is afraid of you. He wants you to live in fear so you don't go to those doors. For those of you that don't know, God has sent an army of young people here to go into the community to prepare them for these meetings in a way, right? They're coming here to knock on doors, to give out books, and to hand out our brochures, and I hope that you guys don't sit back and go, well, they're doing it, so I don't need to do anything. We all have a call. The devil's afraid. You guys should be in Leviticus chapter 25, and it says this. It says, and the Lord spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai, saying, speak to the children of Israel, 
and say to them, when you come into the land which I give you, the land shall keep what? The land shall keep a Sabbath before the Lord. I'm just going to have to read it right out of here because it's not working. That's okay. It says, uh, six years you shall plant your field. Six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather its fruit. But in the seventh year, there is what? A Sabbath rest, the solemn rest for the land, a Sabbath to the Lord. You shall neither plant your field nor prune your vineyard. What grows of its own accord of your harvest, you shall not gather in, nor gather the grapes of your unattended vine. For it is a year of rest for the land, and the Sabbath produce of that land shall be food for you, for your male servant, your female servant, for your hired men, and the stranger who lives with you, for your livestock and your beasts that are in the land, and all its produce shall be for what? Shall be for food. Now, they were told to take one year off of harvesting their land. And the questions had to come in to, to, to their minds saying, but it doesn't make sense. If I don't plant, I'm not going to eat, right? And so skip with me a little further in your Bible here to verse 18, Leviticus chapter 25 and verse 18. It says, so you shall observe my statutes and keep my judgments and perform them, and you shall live in your land in safety. How many of you guys want to live in safety? What's the secret to living in safety? What do we need to do? We need to keep God's will, right? So let's go on. It says, then the land will yield its fruit, and you will eat your fill, and you will live there in safety. And if you say, what would we eat in the seventh year, since we will not plant nor gather in our produce? Do you notice they're saying to God, it doesn't make sense? He says, then I will command my blessing on you. How many of you guys remember the opening scripture? What did it say? All God's promises are yes. That doesn't make sense. God says when we get down on our knees and we humble ourselves, we can stand before any man. If you guys want to know how to prepare to go to the doors, you've got to get on your knees. Right? We often think it's what we can do ourselves, but God says, no, you have no power within yourself. Power comes through prayer. Because when you pray, God is able to speak to your heart. And he's able to move you and empower you so that in Christ Jesus you can do all things who strengthens you. So it goes on and says in verse 21, then I will command my blessing on you. How many of you guys want the blessing of God commanded on you? I will command my blessing on you in the sixth year. That's year six, right? He's going to bless year six. How much is he going to bless year six? Check this out. He says in the sixth year it will bring forth produce enough for three years that does not make sense and what i want you to understand is that being a christian does not make sense god will call upon you to help 
to give money to sustain a school that you will think in your mind, why am I putting money into a school that isn't as the schools around us? And God says, do not look at the nations around you. Know that I have called you. I have called forth these schools in order to be a testimony to raise up a generation of prophets, of people who know my name, who aren't confused about who they are and what their identity is. And he says, look, it isn't going to make sense. If you're making all your decisions in your life on what makes sense, you are not a Christian. Are you following? It doesn't make sense when you see devastation sweeping across our lands, people's cars going completely underwater and floating away. It doesn't make sense that the church sits back and does nothing. When we give, God blesses us Three, four, seven fold. You can't look at your pocketbook and say, should I give? What you need to do is look, did I get impacted by the storm? No. So then I was preserved to help those who did get impacted. Are you following? It doesn't make sense. Guys, it doesn't make sense that we're here right now. It doesn't make sense that God has called us out of the life that we were living to be here right now, but you all have a purpose. And today, that purpose that we need to remember is communion. Because as we come and gather for communion, it really doesn't make sense how breaking a little bit of bread together, drinking a little bit of juice is going to do anything practical in our life. But you know what? God is going to do something today. Right now, if you let them, that's not going to just impact you today, but for the rest of the year and the years to come and for eternity. Because if you take of this bread and of this juice as if it's just bread and juice, you've missed the whole point. What you need to recognize is when you take of this bread, as we saw in the children's story, you are taking of the body. Jesus is inviting you to communion with him. He's saying that he's going to enter in, and the work that he has begun, he will complete, and that takes faith. So he's going to do his work in us today. You need to believe that. I would not eat a morsel of the bread if you are not willing to believe past what you see in the mirror. God wants you to take this and remember that he is the I am. He is the one who spoke, and it was. And he's going to finish that work in you. When you drink of that juice, we say wine, but we don't understand that, that the wine in the Scripture was the perfect juice from the grape, that they didn't have a separate word for alcohol and for grape juice like we do today. So today we hear wine and we think alcohol. But I want you to know it couldn't be alcohol because Jesus' body never saw corruption. It's the perfect blood of Jesus, the only blood that could wipe away our guilt and our sin. When you drink of that blood, the reason why you're going to take a moment of silence to remember what Jesus has done before we take that is because when you take it, you are forgiven. There's nothing in there. There's nothing in my words. But it's by faith in the blood 
It's faith in the sacrifice that Jesus is sin. I mean, Jesus became sin so that I could become righteous. That he really died for my sin. If you believe you still have sin, you're rejecting that the sacrifice was good enough. Are you following? My friends, Jesus is reminding us that we are children of God. That he presents us without spot and without blemish. And so, my friends, we're about to enter into a very solemn, solemn time. But when we finish, we should come out rejoicing. Because, my friends, this is a reminder. And most of us need it because we start getting all this filth on us. And we start remembering all these things. And we have all these temptations that come through our minds. And God says, look, I just want to wipe that away for a moment. I want to give you a Sabbath of rest. Amen? So at this time, I'm going to invite my elders up here. And today's a little bit different. This is a high time. Think of it like a pep rally. Okay? We are preparing to declare a full-on attack on the devil. We're preparing to speak the three angels' message with clearness, with persistence, and we're about to see God do things in our own lives as well as the lives of the community that are going to prepare us to be fireproof. But in order to do that, as we conclude our services here, we're not going to go running out the door we're going to immediately go into an informational session to prepare each of us for what's coming. Amen? All right. It's so good to have my helpers up here. Without a team, we can do nothing. Amen? Sometimes we forget that the elders are ministers. You don't have a pastor. You have a pastoral team. And so these here that are here, there's two of our elders being represented today. They are a part of our pastoral team. And they're here to minister to you today. And so when they pray, don't think of it as just an elder praying. Sometimes we've lost the power of that word. Think of it as a pastor praying. Praying for you to receive a blessing that isn't going to just affect you today or tomorrow, but eternity. Amen? Amen. So you should all have an emblem. If someone does not have an emblem, please make sure you raise your hand so we can get one to you. We want to make sure everybody's able to participate. Our communions are open. You do not have to be a member of the Seventh-day Adventist Church to participate in our communion services. They are open to all who are willing to accept Jesus' death on their behalf. And so if you have not received an emblem, please make sure you get one. If you're watching online and you're saying, hey, I didn't have an emblem and I would like to get one, reach out to the office and we'd love to come and share with you um, communion as well. So at this time, I want you guys to take a moment of silence and just examine your heart Ask the question the disciples were asking that night. Lord, is it I that will betray thee? Ask the question. Would you do that?
Amen. At this time, we're going to have a little prayer, and I'm going to ask that uh, Brother Aaron's going to pray for the grape juice, and Sister Joanne is going to pray for the bread. We're going to kneel up here if you guys can stay in your seats. We'd appreciate that. Let's pray. Our loving Father in heaven, we are so thankful that you've given us this example, this opportunity to be here this morning for your juice that represents the blood. Blood is so vital. We need it for life, Lord, to function. And you saw fit to send your son to shed his blood for all of us, for all of mankind, because you did not want to be apart from us. There aren't enough words to express how thankful we are for your faithfulness, for your plan to have your son shed his blood so that we may have an opportunity at choosing you and having eternal life. As we partake of this juice, may we just remember mm. what you've done for us. May it be that example that we need and we should just give all to you. Lord, even if we are dying for you, we know that it's not the end because you will raise us up as you promise. We thank you so much for this example and may we practice this until we see you coming in the clouds of glory yes. on that great day. Thank you so much for this example of your blood that was shed as we partake of the juice. And we ask all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall never be hungry. And whoever believes in me shall never be thirsty. But you, as I said, do not believe all those you have seen. For it is my Father's will that everyone who looks upon the Son and puts his faith in him shall possess eternal life. And I will raise him up on that last day. For dear Heavenly Father, we truly know that the living bread which came down from heaven has been sent by the Heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. And we need to thank you, not only for the opportunity to share in this service, but above all, Lord, to allow it to not only strengthen us, for truly we know who sent it to us. Lord, you have blessed our lives, not only through this communion service, but truly, Lord, the truth that you have allowed us to know about your second coming. Mm -hmm. And through that excitement, Lord, we want to share it with others so that they too will go home with us to do this communion service with you. And we know that is coming very, very soon. And Lord, once again, I want to lift up that you are truly the light of the world and that you 
Amen. Allow us, Lord, to do this only to your honor and glory. Amen. Amen. You guys remember what prayer is supposed to do for us. Prayer is the opportunity for God to speak to us, right? I can begin my prayer all upset and angry, but if I persist in prayer, I walk away with peace, and I often realize it was me, right? I could go to God with all the arguments of why this person has done wrong, but God changes me in prayer. God changes you in prayer. Prayer is an opportunity to open up the line to God in heaven. And right now, we just open that line and we ask God, you guys have your emblems. What I want you to do is flip it over so the bread is on the top. And there's a little place where you can just peel on the top there. You can peel that top cover off. And I just want you to expose the bread for a moment. And just as you peel that off, think about how the tomb was opened. Amen? Jesus said very clearly before many people begin to flock away from him, he said, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you will not have everlasting life. Today you have an opportunity to take part of the broken body that was broken for us. But in taking it, you acknowledge that you have sinned. You acknowledge that you need a savior. You've acknowledged that you can't make it unless Christ be in you. So in remembrance of him, take this little piece of bread, this token as a reminder of what Jesus has done for you. And now at this time, you're going to flip that cup right over. Make sure it's facing up so you don't spill this. And you're going to take that top uh, piece again, peel it back carefully. And as you think about the blood, you know every time the sacrifice would be made, the priest would catch a little bit of the blood. I can almost picture like this is something that caught some of the blood of my Savior, Jesus Christ. His blood was shed, and, and it's so crazy to me to think that blood cleanseth blood. You know, blood is a cleansing agent in our body. And we're, we're forbidden to eat or drink blood, because in blood is the life. Yet the creator of heaven gave us his life. And so in remembrance of him, drink Amen. I know God has been ministering to your souls. But you know when they got up from there, they were tempted. They struggled to pray. They struggled to be with their Savior in the moment of his need. So I understand it's a struggle. But this time we're going to do something kind of special. Um, I'm asking my 
my uh, deacons to come up here. They're going to have a basket in their hands. Now, it's a little complicated because of the situation here, so we're asking that you would put your tithes and your offerings that you put, clearly mark those because all the other loose things or whatever you want to put, mark it however you want, will go to help people in need. We really want to take up an offering today. And when you give of that offering, we're asking that you don't take from your regular offering. Right? We're asking you to do something that doesn't make sense. Take from what you didn't plan and give today to help those who were affected by a storm that they didn't plan. Right? In faith, what we can do is we can lift up a token of hope. There are people whose their basements were flooded. Of our own members, there are people who lost their entire car, submerged underwater. There are people that are dealing with mold issues. And some of us could help make a difference. And so as we think about what Jesus did, he gave how much? He gave everything. He could have stayed back and said, that's your planet. Mine is just fine. He could have done that. He could have said, you know what? Heaven can't afford to have me go. He could have said, it costs too much. Guys, don't think of this as a burden. If it's a burden to you, don't give anything at all. Because God loves a cheerful giver. And so at this time, we're going to ask them to just go and, and just give. If you can't give today, say you want to give, you're watching online, you're here, you weren't prepared to give today, that's okay. Guess what? We have our secretary here at the office Monday through Thursday from about 9 a.m. till about 2, and she would be glad to help you. If you want to come to the office, call the office um, to be able to get those funds turned in. Amen? Amen? You can also give online, but at this time, go ahead and start to, to collect those offerings. And uh, remember, if you haven't turned in your tithing offering, please mark that differently so it's very clear. worship was mentioned in the Bible. The first time worship was mentioned in the Bible was when Abraham gave his only son as a sacrifice to his Lord. 
You see, true worship is in giving. This is an opportunity to worship today. Sometimes we think of worship as the sermon, or we think of worship as the singing. But true worship is a sacrifice. It's something you give. And that's what makes the sermon powerful. That's what makes the singing have meaning. It's when you give, when it hurts. And then you look and see how much heaven opens its door and says, well done, my son, my daughter. And as much as you did it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. I'm going to have our prayer, and I hate to say the words closing because we're not closing. We're just transferring to the next part of our worship service today. This is the part where we need all of you to contribute. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray a special blessing that God would take whatever little gifts that we gave, and he'd multiply them for the thousands in need. Let us pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we are gathered today as a body of believers. Lord, we believe in creation. We believe that you are a God who in six literal days made the heavens, the earth, and the sea. Yet sometimes, Lord, we're tempted by the philosophies of the world that tell us that it has to all make sense and it has to take a certain path and way and we, we get confused at times, Lord. But today you have moved and stirred upon hearts and hearts have given. And Lord, we know that these gifts that are given, it just doesn't make sense how they can help that much. But Lord, we're asking that you would do a miracle today as you did in the days in which your son walked on this earth, that you would take our little sacrifice today and that you would cause it to bless, to minister, to encourage, to uplift thousands. For Lord, we know your coming is soon. And we pray, Lord, that we would be ready for whatever comes next. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.